This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. Go to freedom350.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number, 350.com, and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom350.com. And Stu. I am Pat, and this is Stu. And that over there, we don't discuss. Um, that, we, we just I'm don't. Jeffy, that's we don't talk about that. Say it's Jeff, it's me. Yeah, we don't. We yeah. don't it's what we don't Feels talk simple. about. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, big, big, big weekend for, um, for American Sniper. It made $92 million, over $92 million Huge. for the weekend. And now, after today, they expect to make $105 million, right, for the whole three-day weekend, which is phenomenal. Everything I've heard about this movie is tremendous, except for from, from Glenn, who seems to, I mean, I guess he liked it, but it's not, yeah. like, he wasn't wild about it. One interesting thing about Glenn is he hasn't been happy about anything in 20 years. Um, <laughs> that is an interesting It might explain mm-hmm. uh, his mm-hmm. movie review. Uh, yeah, no, he, uh, he, I think he actually did like it, uh, but he just, he sees it as, you know, this thing that we're doing, we're, our, you know, we're treating our troops poorly, and we're not. Uh, and I, I can. From you, what I hear, just about everybody in it, it's kind of they wind up sort of messed up, right? I mean, they, yeah, they see things, they they do things that it just it's tough yeah. when it's they the, come back and they're they don't adjust well. We've seen so, that with our own experience, right? I mean, with the people. Don't go into your freaking grenade. No, no, no. I, actually, I wasn't. <laughs> no, no. I wasn't don't going there. Don't go into your island of spice. I, wasn't, I really wasn't right. going there. Oh, okay. I, now that you brought it up, you're right. It took me years <laughs> to get over the invasion. But, mm-hmm. I mean, with the people that we've known, the the uh, ex-military that have, have, we've met here. Yeah. Well, you think about what Marcus went through, obviously. Yeah. That's going to mesh up, though. He went through a little extra stuff. Sure. Um, okay, yeah. but, Look, it's real. That's the realities of war. We showed the... The... The trailer for the movie, and the trailer for the movie has him in this moment, which happens pretty early in the film. Oh, here it is. Um, uh, it's a look at uh, you know you're looking down in a street in Baghdad or wherever he is, protecting uh, our troops, and he's protecting the troops. He's I think they call that Overwatch or something. Obviously, the sniper is up there looking out for the troops, and here comes a guy in a car with a apparently a yeah. car bomb, and he shoots him. So but this isn't the scene you're talking no, about with the kid. No, with the kid. A little kid who's maybe eight years old, ten years old or something, picks up a, a grenade, a Russian grenade, and starts heading toward the troops who yep. are walking down the street. Yep. And he has to decide, as he's looking in the scope, and he has to decide unilaterally, because the decision is his, he's told, uh, whether or not to shoot the kid and kill him before he gets to the troops and has a chance to do them harm. Right, and, and it might, it seems on its surface, of course, you know, look... It, as sad as it is that a child could be killed, if he's going to murder other people, you take you have to take that shot. However, 
What if this kid is just, he found a grenade and he's trying to be nice and, and maybe he's going to turn it over to maybe, the troops. And look, that stuff actually does happen. And it sounds ridiculous, but that now stuff I, does happen. Somebody over the weekend at the, at the conference, because they knew that I wasn't going to go see it, told me absolutely every aspect of the movie. So I know what happens. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's pretty interesting. And even if you make the right decision, even if you make the right decision in that case, it, it's still it's still bound to mess you up, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, look, and is it true? Is this his first decision as as a sniper? I think this is his first. Yeah, that's how was, he's yeah, up there, and it's his movie. it's his first tour, and it's his first assignment, and real tough decision, and, and it's his first time where he has to decide whether or not to shoot. I mean, sometimes it's really clear. You got a guy with a with an AK forty seven coming toward troops, firing or, already. You know, you're going to take him. Obviously, out. you're going to take him out. When a kid picks up a grenade and starts walking down the street, you're like, I, I don't want to shoot this kid. Mm -hmm. So it's tough. It's tough. And so, uh, yeah, the troops come back and they're, they're kind of messed up. And the other thing that you hear about and you see over there is that uh, a lot of the people whom we've liberated from tyranny aren't appreciative of it and um <laughs> they, that's a fair that's a fair claim that's yeah. a nice way of saying it that's for sure yeah they're not appreciative and they act accordingly uh and they work against the troops and so you've got that constant thing kind of like you you did in vietnam where you're liberating a people you're trying to protect them from communism or in this case is islamofascism and a certain segment of the population is with the with the, with the bad guys so what do you do in in Vietnam, there were kids that would come up and 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 set off a grenade around our troops too, and they had to make some decisions at that time um, because not all of the uh, Vietnamese were on their side. And in, it's the case here in Afghanistan and Iraq, where a lot of the citizens are not on the now, side of the in Americans. Vietnam. They made the choice to uh, attach portable telephones to genitals and turn up the power. That's true, except for not. <laughs> Raise villages in a fashion reminiscent of Genghis Khan. Which again is exactly what happened, except for the opposite. Poison food stocks. That did happen. They poisoned <laughs> they a lot poison, of food. They did poison the food. I hate it when they poison food because, <laughs> man, I count on the food mm. for sustainment. And, uh, <laughs> so anyway, um, in, in the, it, it beat Passion of the Christ for the largest R-rated opening ever. Is that what happened? Passion of the Christ was 83.3 million. This was 93.6. So that's huge. Wow. Uh, it had an A-plus cinema score. A-plus across the board among males, females, and over and under 25. Everybody loves this movie. <laughs> Not everybody oh, yeah. loves this movie, Pat. Not everybody Not loves this movie. Not everybody. There's a few holdouts still. Really? Yeah, they tend to be in our illustrious uh, industry of Hollywood. Mm. Uh, they don't seem to like the movie the same way a lot of other Americans Seriously. do. Like, give me a name. Everybody <laughs> likes such as... Like, uh, such as Big Fatso Michael Moore, for <sighs> example. And uh, So typical of, right? Yeah. I mean, Michael Moore, so typical of him. Not only said uh, that... Well, here's the, here's the tweet. My uncle was killed by a sniper in World War II. We were taught snipers were cowards. Mm. We'll shoot and you're, we'll shoot you when you're back. Snipers are heroes and invaders are worse. And then someone called him out on it. And finally, he had to respond to this because someone called out and called him out and said, "Hey, wait a minute. What about the lovely Muslim sniper who is one of the terrorists who is killing all the American soldiers? You can't be saying he's bad, right?" 
And then he followed up with that and said, but if you're on the roof of your home, defending it from invaders who've come 7,000 miles, you are not a sniper, you are brave, you are a neighbor. Ugh. Oh my God! Could he be a worse human being? Oh. I, 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 in all honesty, uh, no, I don't know. In all honesty, I, I don't know. Hmm. I guess if he's out physically murdering people, yeah, that yeah. makes him a little bit worse. Here is, uh, I guess, his next follow-up, uh, which man. this one I haven't seen yet. But he said, hmm, "I never tweeted about American sniper Chris Kyle. I said my uncle was killed by a sniper in World War II. Only cowards would do that to him. Others, oh, to him and others. I Twitter to him and others." What yeah. a lion sack of crap. Yeah. I know. He's well, now everybody knows what you were saying. Everyone and, knows. And to whom and about whom you were saying it. That is on. What a despicable pile of crap he is. Yeah. Uh, he was also on Facebook. Oh. Is that true, too? Wow. Lots of talk about snipers this weekend is what he starts it with. The holiday weekend Jeez, of a great man, man killed by a sniper. Um, so I thought mm. I'd weigh in with... What I was raised to believe about snipers, my dad was the first Marine division in South Pacific in World War II. His brother, my uncle Lawrence Moore, was uh, an Army paratrooper and was killed by a Japanese sniper 70 years ago next month. My dad always said snipers are cowards. They don't believe in a fair fight. Like someone coming up from behind you and cold cocking you, it just isn't right. It's cowardly to shoot a person in the back. Only a coward would shoot someone who can't shoot back. Um, and so he basically tries to blame it. Oh, I, see, no, I was talking about Martin Luther King. He was shot like that. That's all, that's all I would say. You know, come on. Yeah, sure, American Sniper is the biggest thing in the industry that I'm in, but I didn't even know. <laughs> Did it come out? I've never even heard of it. I mean, what, who's the coward here? You won't even admit your criticism. Right. You won't even admit your words. Talk about cowards. That's a coward. Yeah, you won't even stand behind what you said about Chris Kyle. You, uh, you know, what a... F oh, I guess. <laughs> He's too despicable to even talk about. <laughs> really. Really bad. I mean, really. Yeah. Um, uh, how was the performance, though? By I mean, overall, Bradley Cooper. The, the movie one is of the, one of the great performances. The right? movie of is the, certainly of the year. Yeah, the movie is great. Obviously, the story is fantastic. Anyway, the movie is great. It sounds Cooper just sounds so compelling. Yeah, Bradley Cooper's performance is actually better than the movie. Like it, it, really, like it, you know, I I would give a best actor nod to him before I gave best picture. Now it's both. They're they, he, mm -hmm. they should be in both categories. But if I had to pick one, I would pick best actor. He was that good. I mean, to the point that by the end of it, I didn't even see him. It was like it was. I was just watching like a documentary of Chris Kyle. Yeah, like that's what it felt like. He was yeah. that good in the movie. Um, and I heard an interview with Bradley Cooper, um, who said was asked. Um, I think it was Howard Stern who interviewed him and asked him. Hey, uh, you know, would you say this is a pro-war movie or an anti-war movie? He goes, I don't, it's neither. It's, uh, that's not what we were going for. Like, that's brilliant. They pretty clearly were Great not. Great answer. Yeah, I mean, I, I will be honest with you. It wasn't a pro-war movie. Mm -hmm. It really wasn't. I don't think Bradley Cooper's some well, it, big hidden conservative, it, it, uh, you know, no, I, no. by any means. No, he, no, it, I don't think it, he is. The, the movie probably shows. Probably voted for Obama. In probably, fact, I, it seems like I've heard he's an Obama supporter. I would be surprised if not. Now, we know Clint Eastwood is, uh, is a conservative. Yeah. Um, however... Uh, watching the movie, what you get out of it is, yes, this guy was a hero. Yes, this guy did a lot of work that none of us want to do. But it also shows the price he paid for doing that, mm -hmm. which was Sacrifice watching his friends die, watching his wife beg for him to come home and have to tell her no, leaving her in her most, well, in her most vulnerable times. His tours lasted, what, nine months? Yeah, he did four of them. And he did four yeah. tours. I mean, she was, I mean, Taya yeah. in this movie was portrayed as, and she, you know, likes the movie, so I would assume yeah. this is accurate. She was portrayed as, you know, you know, a mother who just wanted her husband home and, and as much as she loves the country, didn't want him to leave anymore to do this. 
You've done enough. Come home. Uh, it ripped the well, family she says apart. That in one of the t- in one of the trailers yeah. I've seen. I, I, you know, she needed him. He he believed the country needed him. Yeah. And and uh, and he thought the country needed him maybe more than his family yeah. at the time. That's pretty much the dec- he made a cost benefit analysis yeah. and came out on the side of going back there four times. And I'm sure I'm sure Chris Kyle, uh, as honorable as he was. Uh, part of that belief was that in doing this, he was actually doing it for his family. Oh, I think so. You know, because this uh, is the country in which they live. So, look, I truly gut wrenching, heart wrenching story. Yeah, but and I mean, then he survives it, but, everything. Four tours in Iraq, mm-hmm. among the most dangerous conditions on earth, and then comes back and gets killed by a, 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 an insane guy uh, who he's trying to help. Yeah, and again, like that's shown. It's, really, the, the actual incident is not shown in the movie, but it, leading up to that is. And and oh, the, they do. The part of that, I didn't think they dealt with his death at all. They, they did. Do. Yeah, they did. Mm. And and the the sad part about it is. He, as I mentioned, you know, he kind of put, had to put his family through all this. And, and certainly watching his, you know, people die near him, his good friends die, and all these terrible things he saw and, and had to do, um, put him in a position himself that he almost destroyed himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was kind of, to his own admission, a wreck coming back from there yeah. by the end and couldn't do it anymore. Well, there's... And, 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 and the way he wound up dealing with it and coming out of his shell and, and, and eventually opening up to his family again was through helping other veterans. And, of course, we know news-wise, I'm not ruining a movie here. This is an actual real story. You know, he was helping another veteran who was dealing with the same stuff he dealt with when mm-hmm. he was killed by that veteran. Well, when he wrote the book, it seems to me that either all or most of the proceeds uh, from American Sniper the book went to veterans went to help other veterans and his belief was that well i got plenty of time uh to make money for myself and my family this is going to help out other other veterans i mean the guy was selfless to the end i i i don't know it's pretty amazing and there's that one part in the movie uh, i've seen the the trailer where he's sitting at a bar somewhere and he's talking to taya on the phone yeah and she says, well, where are you, Germany? Have you seen that? Yeah. Well, you saw the movie. Yeah. so." Um, and he says, no, I'm stateside, which had to tear her apart. Yeah. You're stateside, but you're not here with me? Yeah. And he was trying to recover, right, from yeah, whatever tr- kind of PTSD he had. Turn it off a little bit. Yeah. You know? um, he Seth, says, I needed a minute. Yeah. yeah. That had to be. I, that, talk about ripping, ripping a family apart. Yeah. Now, Seth Rogen also tweeted uh, about this incident, saying it was similar to uh, Nazi propaganda in the third act of Inglorious Bastards, which is a, uh, what's his face? Um, oh, my gosh, Brad uh, Pitt. Tarantino is what I'm thinking of, a oh. Quentin Tarantino movie. Um, and he, uh, the movie shows Nazis having a grand old time, essentially, celebrating the death of Jews. That's the part mm. of the movie he's talking about. Now, of course, th- the movie was not propaganda in that it showed... A, a really difficult downside of this. Uh, you know, it was not a, a cheerleading American movie of like, hey, everybody join the military today. Honestly, it, 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 I, I would not be a good soldier. I'm the laziest person in the world and I'm way too coddled. However, uh, it made me believe that even more. 
I was like, I could never do the things these guys are doing. And th thank God the military didn't, didn't uh, talk me into joining them because it would, they would be, I would be a disgrace. <laughs> you know, that's all I got from it. I, mm -hmm. I did take that Chris Kyle was an amazing guy. I did take that. Mm -hmm. However, a guy who had admittedly flaws and a guy who had a, admittedly had a tough time dealing with what he had to do for this country. It was not a wonderful uh, star-spangled banner of a film. It was tough to deal with. And you see, as Glenn talked about, what we put these guys through, that, that they may at any time do, take the wrong shot and wind up being court-martialed court for it. It was not an American cheerleader story by any means. Um, and I guess there's a story in the New Republic uh, that says... Uh, uh, the enemy is, uh, are savages and despicably evil, which is not accurate uh, at all in the movie. Uh, and uh, he said, uh, 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 talking about how Chris Kyle, his, his only regret is he didn't kill more. Um, well, when you're talking about terrorists who are putting drills into people, children's hands mm -hmm. and torturing them, and I am actually sad he didn't kill more. Wish he would have killed a lot more. Uh, yeah. um, you know, it would have been great. And I yeah. guess uh, one of the big things is uh, the person uh, reportedly um, didn't actually... Uh, see the movie. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> really? A minor. Okay, this is a issue. Many of these, uh, yeah, many of these people. Not even worth hardly worth it. mentioning. I don't so know why you mentioned it. Well, I, I, to me, seeing the huh. movie is important. Is, is a good piece of the puzzle. What are you talking about? Is, is all I would say. I don't even know if you're speaking English right now. <laughs> Sorry, I know it's crazy. <laughs>
brought me right back into the moment when that was happening. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was, it's so torturous. Um, but what, what happened? I, I'm trying to remember. Has he stood trial yet? It's coming up soon. I think it's a month away or something. His trial wow. begins. Um, oh, that's right. Taya just said uh, in some news report she's going to be there every second. Every second of the trial. Wow. So, um, I got, I, she, you know, that's got to be tough for her to put herself through that. But I don't know how she watches this movie. I, I, she watches it right next to Glenn. So. I don't know how. I, I mean, I guess she, now she's, I don't know. I, it's, it's such a, he's so similar to, you know, at least to me. I mean, obviously I wasn't married to the guy, but I watched enough interviews with him. We talked to him. He's so similar mm-hmm. to Chris's persona that I, I I almost can't even differentiate it by the end of the movie. I, and that must be really difficult to watch. Yeah. And, you know, like, you know, you're seeing him playing with his kids. And, you know, just there's a lot of their wedding scene is recreated. I mean, like mm-hmm. things that I mean, it's just absolutely crushing. Absolutely crushing. Um, now, uh, 538 has done uh, a study of what movies actually do make you cry, which I think is kind of interesting. Uh, the, the movies that make guys cry. Field of Dreams. Yes. Rudy. Yes. Brian's song. Oh, my gosh, yes. Oh, and my gosh. We Were Soldiers. Uh, we Were Soldiers. I don't think I saw. So I, so three of those three of the three four. Three of the four. And probably the fourth one, too, if I've seen it, but I don't, I don't think I've seen it. I don't know it. if I remember. Field of Dreams. I don't, rem- I don't remember that being a Field of crying Dreams? story. Dad and, and son playing baseball together. And yeah, so, I don't, oh, man, every really? time I cry, I mean, it was I cry a, like a girl. It's a great thing. I don't cry like a girl. Cry. Yeah, cry like that, well, how does it? That hits me where I live. I mean, it is. Brian's song, I just saw again, though. I can't remember. And it doesn't stand the test of time as well as I <laughs> once thought it did. Oh, no. And I did not cry the last time I saw Brian's song. I thought, wow, that is not as good as I remember. <laughs> <it."> uh, <laughs> clearly, that was from 1970. Right. On television. So... You know, it's a little bit different experience now, but I used to cry every time I saw that movie. It was, it's, it's an awesome movie. Uh, Rudy is a really good movie. That's just a feel-good kind of, yeah. you know, cool story. Um, but, uh, but women cry at different things. Than yeah, Beaches. Which yeah. Ex- I oh, feel yeah. like I totally expect that one. Beaches? Yeah. yeah. P.S. I Love You? I don't even know. I don't remember that one. I think uh, that's a fairly new one, it seems like. Steel Magnolias, yeah. which, again, I've heard of. Don't I've never know if seen. I've ever seen Steel Magnolias. What? Uh, I don't know that I ever have either, I don't think I have. Uh, to be honest. I know oh it's a sad gosh. story, but it never seemed interesting that's enough a... to, for me to see. Uh, and then also uh, A Walk to Remember, which it's was great. Mandy Moore, right? Yeah, it's uh, great. I did not see that either. I don't think I, 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 I think I did see Beaches. At I don't know if I cried or not, but that's a great movie. You know, I, I don't know. Like It's interesting because for... Just, Probably. The number one movie for women, genre for women to cry at, romance. You'd kind of expect that, right? Yes. The number one, well, they're That's a big percentage, away, It's on the screen, so I, can't, I can no longer build the drama to the fact that romance is also the biggest one for men. I, more than war? It's 90 to 65%. Yeah, so there's, a, there's a split there, but still, I'm, I'm a little surprised number one is romance for guys. I figured that would be uh-huh. war. Um, comedy is number three for both. It seems. Why would like. you cry at a comedy? Why? I don't know. Um, I, I, uh, animation is uh, fourth. Thirty-eight percent of women cry at animation, and nineteen percent of <laughs> animation. men. Animation. You I, don't cry at you, the. You laugh. Uh, Charlotte's Web every freaking time. Okay. To this yeah. day, yeah, maybe. I will cry over Charlotte. Toy Story. This wonderful, wonderful creature who came and did all the work, and Wilbur got all the recognition. <laughs> 
All the work done by Charlotte, mm-hmm. Wilbur suddenly is saved, but Charlotte has yeah. to die. You have a little bit of rage for that movie. You I need to let it go. Movie, that cartoon, that movie. I, I, and I think they redid it recently, didn't they? Yeah, I think so. I didn't uh, see action. They did a live action Charlotte's Web. Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah. Any, no, I'm not saying, I'm not doubting your knowledge of the situation. I'm saying, I don't know if that would be that good. Okay. You can't beat that movie. There are certain things you cannot do anything better. You cannot do anything better than Charlotte's Web. The one that I saw when I was a kid. That one cannot be done better. Watch it again. See if you still feel oh, the same Oh, I've watched it fairly way. recently. And Have not really? only do I feel the same way, I cried again. Did you really? I cry every time I watch that movie. Wow. Okay. Uh, then you got uh, action adventure, sci-fi, crime, thriller. There are a lot of people. I mean, I was a little surprised. Horror? Are there a lot of people crying at a horror? I know why. Movie? Why? I was a little surprised. War is about is pretty close to the same percentage of uh, tears for men and women. Women cry forty six percent of the time. Men forty one. That's pretty close. Yeah, I don't know. That's forty six percent of the time. I think the stat. Forty six percent of women cry. Forty six percent what? I think what it is. I, I think let's see. Um, because the the way they, they asked it is essentially name a movie you cried at. So people submitted five movies they cried at. And of those mm-hmm. movies, 46% of those movies were war movies. Oh. Uh, 90% yeah, that's of women a little bit had different. cried a at different. a romance movie. Right. So it's, it's did they cry at any movie in this genre of the five? So it's a little bit different. But still, uh, you know, uh, to lead the pack is, is a little... Odd, I think for men, mm-hmm. I'm surprised. Mm-hmm. I am um, too. You know, but uh, there you go. So, yeah. Jeffy, what kind of movies do you cry at? Oh, romance, mm-hmm. sports. Just, what war, kind of romance? Thrillers. Should I ask? Horror. No, I don't. I don't cry at horror. No. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> He's not the guy crying at horror. He's the movie do, horror do you ever movies cry made of. Yeah, they, ever... they make horror movies about his story. He's not <laughs> crying at them. Porn. Does porn make you cry? Probably that too, right? Um, I already said With romance. Joy. You did. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fair point. He did yeah, say romance. Is. Yeah. He did say romance. All right, triple eight seven two seven back. More patents too coming up. <laughs> That's a beautiful threesome, isn't it? Oh, I just can't. It just warms my heart. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> with the fact that we're just not good-looking people. And we're just dumpy, horrid, hideous monsters on television. We're going to look like this because we look like this. We need to get comfortable with it. Now, that's what Glenn keeps saying. I disagree with that. Really? Technology is such that you can do something about it. So you're going to get... Uh, I think I'm going to. We're just discussing how hideous we are in the break. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm going to go in for a full thing. Just do it all. Just a full thing? Just a full thing. <laughs> you need me to make a call for you? I'll get you, you in for the full totally thing. totally and completely different. Okay. Oh, we're boob job? two different full things. Huh? You do a boob job? Boob job, everything. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get bigger breasts. <laughs> okay, nice. I'm going to have... Uh, uh, I'm going to have... Uh, Enhance the buttocks. Yeah, buttocks surgery, yes. I'm going to get a butt enlargement. All of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, all of it. It's butt happening. enlargement, ankle it's enlargement. On. Just want, I, want, like I want cankles. Oh, I met the nicest lady <laughs> at, wow, this at is the Eagle inter- Forum. Whoever this is, is an interesting segue into your story. It is. <laughs> it's a sad one. 
Oh, uh, it's heart wrenching because we, you know, we make fun of Jeffy's weight all the time. We do, and because uh, he's uh, overweight. And Jeffy makes fun of cankles all the time. Yes. <laughs> so I get this sweetheart of a woman that came up to me, and oh, she, oh, said, no. she said, she oh, said to no. me, I love you guys oh, and i know i'm everything you hate in a woman i'm fat i have cankles and i own cats oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and it just broke my heart and i said to her that's not true at all. the only serious problem there are your cats yeah. <laughs> everything else we share don't worry yeah. about it we share we, yes we ridicule jeffy for being fat but he's also stupid yeah and it's really hideous more stupid. yeah and evil yeah right uh-huh so there's so much more <laughs> so much more yeah. than fat there to hate jeffy well the so, other thing too is, uh, and then you mentioned Cankles. Well, cankles are only a problem when it applies to Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, isn't that yeah. the only time we mention cankles? Yes, yes it is. Oh, yeah. It's just part of her. It's, I think it's in her name now. Um, uh, Hillary Clinton. Yes. Seinfeld, who said, uh, well, it was, I think it was, uh, what's his face from Breaking Bad, uh, uh, who wound up being in Breaking Bad, but he was on Seinfeld and he was the dentist. And uh, he could make dentist jokes because he was a dentist. And he converted to something. He, I think he became Jewish just for the jokes was the accusation. Like he, now he can tell Jewish jokes because I can't remember the exact thing. But uh, that's the thing. It's like we have all converted to hideously ugly fat people. We're allowed to make jokes about them. Right. It's us. Yes. We're just bashing ourselves. That's, so I, I feel like that's okay. right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right. I guess President Obama. Did an interview on YouTube mm -hmm. because that's important. You wouldn't want to come on, oh. I don't know, a radio show where 10 million listeners are involved. He's doing one soon, right? Yeah, on, the, on a radio show with 10 million listeners? No. Oh, no, no, not that one. No, no. He's, but he's doing the YouTube he's thing. He's doing a YouTube yeah. thing, though. Mm -hmm. um, and so following the upcoming State of the Union address, he's slated to sit down with three YouTube stars at the White House to answer yeah, it's questions. The Dance uh, Evolution guy, uh, the, uh, the Chocolate Rain guy. And the uh, Britain, leave Britney alone guy is going to be a... What? <laughs> I don't know if that's Oh, okay. I thought that was... Uh, I would, would you be surprised? Uh, would, no. Those no. Three stars? You totally had me at hello. <laughs> you totally wow, had me. That's sad. It, it, he would do it. <laughs> yes, he, he said, would. He would do it. Yes. He would sit down mm -hmm. with the Britney guy. Um, so anyway, they're selected from uh, some of the most popular YouTube channels. Young woman Bethany Mata, who uses her channel channel to make vi videos about uh, fashion and makeup. Okay, uh, so a fashion right. and so, makeup uh, blogger. Now I'm sure she's mm -hmm. a lovely and uh, and wonderful uh, lady. My my wife has been known to uh, blog about fashion and makeup over the years. Okay. Uh, however, I don't know if that's uh, if my wife would say she's the proper target of a meet the press type interview. No, uh, probably not. Another is Hank Green, who is part of the YouTube team known as Vlog Brothers. Have you okay. ever heard of them? They're real-life brother, John Green, who make video rants on just about anything, including how to not be a fart bag. Oh, when see? apologizing. See? Okay. All right. Uh, and it's broadcast to over 2 million subscribers. Still not our audience. Lastly, there is Glazelle Green, with over 3 million subscribers, you can add all these up. They don't amount to our listenership and viewership. Who's always asking, is you okay? And often dons bright green lipstick, eats hot peppers, and down spoonfuls of cinnamon. So actually, the only problem with my initial joke was mm. that it was dated. 
I picked right. old time YouTube yep, celebrities. These are updated. These are updated. But you're exactly idiotic right. It YouTube. is those people. You're eating cinnamon. You're saying don't be a fart bag. That's yep. that's the people. Yep. Those are the people he's sitting down with. And again, remember, 10 million YouTube subscribers is a lot different than our audience. Oh my gosh. Uh, uh, our, our audience. As far as radio, you're talking about 10 million people who listen at a time that listen to the show, yeah. not that our subscribers and the video pops up in their feed and they don't watch it. Right. Uh, not that uh, not people that uh, go and, and you know, will occasionally indulge in one of these videos. You're talking about people who are actually uh, listening to content related to the news, the things yeah. he's supposed to care about. But and the mean, entire the entire footprint. I mean, <laughs> the radio show is. Radio, TV, web. I mean, we could, we could give him. We could deliver fifty billion with the footprint, and he's not interested in he that. That's care. a sixth of the nation. He's not interested. Yeah. But anyway, what's the YouTube interviews Obama clip we have? What is that? Is that let's, are let's these the it. YouTube stars? Yeah, okay, let's let's, uh, let's take a look at it. Teases the interview tomorrow. Mr. Obama. You know, the president of the United States. My subscribers want to know about education. The lack of jobs for college graduates. The economy. Racial profiling. That's a good one. Net neutrality. Oh, yeah. Unemployment. Peanut butter or jelly. <laughs> Finally, Mr. President. Who's your favorite YouTube creator? I, That's I, unbelievable. I literally cannot believe he's doing that. That is unbelievable to me. That is unbelievable. It goes back to, we were talking a little bit today, Oof. we were talking about ISIL today. Mm -hmm. And ISIL is, well, ISIL, people say ISIS, some people say ISIL. And it reminded me of the discussion of why we use the term uh, ISIL instead of ISIS. And one of the main reported reasons for that was that if you search Google for ISIL, ISIS, you get other things. And they were like, well, if we do that, people are going to search for ISIS and they're going to get some business or some database Instead, if we do ISIL, there's nothing on the Internet about that, so they'll find out what they're looking for. This is how this administration thinks. Now, look, it's worked to get him elected twice. Targeting people with bright green lipstick that eat cinnamon is essentially his target audience, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, his target audience is someone who thinks about the news less than 1% of their time. If you go to anyone who thinks to it, about it more than 1% of their time, you lose Mm -hmm. So you go to people who think about the news 0.06% of the time because they're busy eating cinnamon. And then you win elections. That's not a sane society, in case you're wondering. That's not how a sane civilization operates. Fortunately, no, it's, it's not just us. Um, others have noticed the lunacy of, of doing this YouTube thing. Um, is it Brian Acosta from CNN? Is that his first name? Jim Acosta uh, asked Josh Ernest the other day if, uh, you know, who else might be interviewing the president. Here's that clip. The president is going to be doing these YouTube uh, interviews or a YouTube interview with, with several different people uh, after the State of the Union address. Uh, and uh, just noticing that, that these folks uh, who are going to be conducting these interviews are not professional journalists. They're, they're people who post videos on YouTube, and uh, I'm just curious, was, was Charlie bit my finger or David after Dennis not available, or? Maybe you haven't seen those videos, but some of this suggests that maybe the, the State of the Union is not what it used to be, and that you sort of have to jazz things up. Is that, is that well, I, I do know that there was at least one CNN journalist who wrote a, uh, an, an online story about this uh, that had a headline uh, to that effect. 
Um, I think what it uh, what you can take away from this, Jim, is that it is a variation on a on a uh, an engagement strategy that we've used in previous years. Go after the stupid and hope that they listen to you because they don't know and, anything. And else. you know what the problem is? Mm -hmm. It worked. It works. It worked for. Them. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a worthwhile strategy. I mean, it's it certainly an effective one. Um, but I mean, it's embarrassing. Uh, clearly. Here's. Um, and by the way, uh, just one quick thing. When you get journalism out of journalists, when we're talking about this president, only when they're affected. D uh, Mr. Acosta didn't Correct. get this interview after Correct. the State of the Union. Some YouTube idiot did. So he has to complain and ask That's an actual point. real question at that moment because finally. he finally cares about what this president is doing. Other than that, when has Jim Acosta ever said anything questioning, anything difficult to, to answer, anything that would make... Josh Ernest or any of these boneheads who are the spokespeople, uncomfortable. Like, we like never. The, the, he we, never does. We obviously like we the clips. We love John Carl. He'll do it every time. Yeah. We obviously like the clips where Josh Ernest is up there squirming. Admittedly, yeah. it's a guilty pleasure. But have we ever f featured Jim Acosta in no. any question before I don't now? Think so. Now I that it so. affects him and he's You're not right. getting the interview exactly and he's right. pissed off that real journalists aren't asking the tough questions, yep. all of a sudden he's a little pissy about it. Look, yeah. good. I'm glad he is. And I'm glad he's asking that question because it's an, such an obvious but one. But you're right. He but never would come have, to the party. Never would have cared if it didn't it's been involve six him. years. It would be nice. Yeah. Here's a sample of uh, the kind of quality we can expect from one of these YouTubers. So this is uh, Bethany Mata and uh, wh what she does on YouTube. She's going to interview the president. My eyebrows look extremely uneven in this video. Let's not talk about it. Hey, guys, what are you doing in my room? Get out. I'm home and I'm never home so it's really exciting for me because I have been traveling a lot as you guys know these past few months I've been out of the country so much and it's really cool but at the same time I just miss being home. Favorite chat up line? I have a nose and you have a nose so you knows what that means. What am I doing? Oh my goodness. I literally just thought of that in my head right now that made no sense. I ought, try to get that out of your minds because I don't know what that just was. Oh, God. I cannot uh, take this. She's, she's interviewing the president after of the, the State of the Union. The of the United States, we should say. President not of the United States. <laughs> not of, I mean, she's not of pretty. makeup was that Was that the soul? Uh, was that the everything that went into this equation of her interviewing the president? Uh, we found somebody pretty to interview you on YouTube. Is it, she's got that, Is that like, it? she's got that Taylor Swift thing going on where she's like amazed by everything she says. Yeah. Like it's like, yeah. oh my god, I can't believe I just said that. It's got, actually you're ed you have a video that's edited. You could have just taken it out if you didn't exactly. think it worked. It's like stop <laughs> laughing at yourself, stop thinking you're so cute, which you are, but stop thinking it. Let other people decide that you're so cute, okay? Oh, oh. man. Well, so here's but president right mm -hmm. there, obvious source for a presidential uh, interview. Obviously. And I mean, she's going to ask a tough question about Obamacare. You right? know she is. She's going to ask if it's doing mm -hmm. the things that were promised. She's going to get you know. to the bottom of where that $2,500 savings is. She's the one and, that's going to find it, I think. And she, the, she or, or this next guy, uh, Hank Green, can ask the president about net neutrality. Oh, you think they'll be able to challenge him in any way? Of course. Here's Hank and a little what he does. Hello and welcome to Games with Hank. I'm Hank, this is Games with me. We're gonna be playing a game today in which I get to be an underwater dolphin, maybe. When I first heard about this, I was actually really excited because I've always wanted to be a dolphin. But it turns out uh, you, you, you're just in a classroom taking a test. 
with dolphins. So let's do it. Magic eyeballs. So I'm looking forward to the day when on Oculus I can actually be a dolphin and not just go to a class I haven't taken all semester, which I have that dream enough already. Except this time there's dolphins. Holy cow. That guy is interviewing the president oh, of the United States I tomorrow night. I feel the strong desire to use expletives when I, after the I word know. holy, after I know. seeing these. I, I, and look, you Oof. know, uh, I find myself more angry about the actual world of YouTube than I do the interview with the president right now. It's mm -hmm. just like, mm -hmm. all right, yes, you could talk for 25 hours and then jump cut it into something that makes sense and somebody, I guess, thinks is hilarious. I, I, I mean... These there are things two? that are funny online. Th those, th th there's that's there's no redeeming value on either of the first two. <laughs> Let's see if I well, Glozell, next one will maybe Glozell okay. will blow us away. I Here's so. Glozell. She, too, will interview. I don't know if you know this, but um, you can change your eye color, Man. all right, naturalist, with <laughs> what? honey. Mm -hmm. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Okay, so let's see. That's so it. you take some honey and you just mm -hmm. put it in your eye like so, and then um, it changed your eye color. Let's see if we Show can. me. Oh, good guy, she's gonna actually do that. You know ah. she's not getting it in her eye. Ah. I think she is. No, she is. You think? Oh yeah. Keep it open. I think ah. the situation is she does like jackass yeah, type stunts to herself. Yeah. Oh. All right, so okay, I yeah, she has honey in her I eye. <laughs> That's a good look too. <laughs> this woman is interviewing the president of the United <laughs> States of America. <laughs> Tomorrow maybe they could. Night. Maybe the president That's her can do this. That's all you have to do. Oh, it burns! 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 You were upset for the first two, but then you got to this one, and it's all good. And now the whole socially redeeming good. quality of the interviews. So you don't even know what you're you, came you screaming home to. Apologize you, right? for the first two. Yeah, you want to please? You want to say you're sorry? Because do you want to now, or do you want to wait till later? I, his apology is coming up after yeah. this. Triple eight seven two seven back. More patents due, and his apology for disparaging these wonderful <laughs> yeah. YouTube journalists Thank who you. are going to interview the president of the United States tomorrow night. Coming up in a second. Get it ready. Just over here. That's the worst part about it. Triple eight seven two seven back. Eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. It is patents too. Uh, we were talking a little bit about, uh, well, first of all, your apology, please, for, because now you know the quality of people who are about to interview the President of the United States tomorrow after the State of the Union. Go ahead and apologize. I do apologize. I am very sorry to our founding fathers to what we've done to this country. No, no, that's no, no, not, no, no. no. I apologize. You asked me to apologize. I have apologized. No, that's not. No. I'm sorry what we did with your grand experiment, and we flushed it down the toilet uh, for a bunch of stupid you know, makeup videos. I, I apologize. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't. I had nothing to do with it, but I, I still apologize. Uh, well, we, you did. We fought against it really hard. Yeah, we fought against okay, it, yeah. and still this happened. Yep. So, so, so. Uh, so there's that. Uh, by the way, Obama's going to uh, ask for a uh, giant tax increase yet again, yeah. uh, as he does. It's pretty much tradition this time of year, Yay! right? Uh, 
another new tax increase. Uh, this one is going to go after only those evil rich people, which is different from the other ones because uh, those were only going after those evil, evil rich people, mm -hmm. or even though in reality they didn't go after just evil rich people, but that's how it was always promoted and how this one will be promoted. Mm -hmm. uh, this one, by the way, not actual an actual policy at all. Uh, it has nothing to do with actual policy, has no chance of passing. Uh, is just an opportunity to try to make Republicans look bad because they have to support evil rich people again. And, uh, you mm -hmm. know, that's what the president does. He, he mm -hmm. is all about the engagement strategy Josh Ernest was talking about. That, that is what the president does. He cares about that. Winning politics doesn't care about uh, He's all about else. the base. He's about all about the base. base. And I, my, the base. What I've heard is no trouble. No trouble. Mm -hmm. He's all about the base. Um, and, and this is kind of a fun story, too, from uh, CBS affiliate. I'm trying to see where. Uh, Royal Valley High School? Where is that? California, okay. High school girls basketball coach, I love this, is suspended because he won a game. So he's been suspended for uh, two games. Two game suspension because he won a game. Uh, he won a, a game by a lot, mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. He won the game by 159 points, but I'm sorry. Uh, you're supposed to win. What do yeah. you What do you do? When your girls are crushing another girl's basketball team by a lot, are you supposed to tell them, okay, now the, the point of the game has changed completely from putting the ball in the basket to doing something completely different now. Yeah. We're not playing basketball anymore. Now we're playing keep away. So just throw it back and forth. Are there, uh, are there time uh, you, restraints we, in girls' basketball, just like there are in boys? Yeah, there's a shot clock. There's uh, a shot clock. So we, 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 need to, we need to do more time on this, because this is one of those yeah, stories. Yeah, we, we should do this, this, this kind of crap. Drives me out of my mind. It really is frustrating. 161 to 2. <laughs> they beat this team. Okay, yes, that's a lot. I, had, I do have a, pro I have a problem with it, but he, he, he should have scored 261. Yeah. That's my problem yes. with it. Yes. We'll come back and do more on the other side. Triple eight seven twenty seven back in the corner. Beck, it's Pat and Stu. This story is one that typically pisses us off because it happens from time to time. And when it happens at the high school level, I'm really irritated over it. When it happens at the collegiate level, I'm pissed. When it happens at the professional <laughs> sport level, Sorry. I am absolutely livid. livid. When Stu opens up a can of <laughs> Coke, Coke on zero. the air. Sorry. Uh, when I'm trying to make an important point. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, there's there's a, a girls' high school high school basketball coach serving a two-game suspension now because he scored too many points. He beat the opponent too badly. Um, a Royal Valley High School girls' basketball team beat Bloomington High 161 to two. Is that a bad beating? 159 point loss. Yeah. 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 So what? So. Tough. Then stop them. And if you can't stop them, 
you know, forfeit the game or whatever. I mean, if you can't take the beating, shouldn't be playing basketball, right? Can't you learn something from the loss? Can't you rededicate yourself and your team to making sure it didn't happen the next time? Yeah. I mean, we talk about every single time. It drives me out of my mind. And this is the result every single time. It's always this. It's always like, oh, we're going to suspend the coach. That's the logical thing to do. Now, first of all, the coach, uh, he... Benched his players in the, in the his starters quarter. in the second, yeah, the second third, half of the game. Yeah. Um, so he played the first half with his starters, and he played the, Which the is normal totally way. They totally reasonable. Totally reasonable. In fact, uh, in some ways, you could argue you, you don't necessarily do that in, until maybe mid third quarter. But okay, yeah. he did it for the second half. Fine. Um, they were already ahead. I think it was what was it ninety or ninety to one. At the end of the first half? <laughs> 90 to 1, was it really? I think it was 90 to 1 at the end of the first half. Oh um, and uh, the second half, oh they, uh, they played their reserves. Yeah. They stopped pressing. They, uh, they, he instructed them to wait until seven seconds left in the shot clock before they did anything. So he ran down the shot clock. Ran down the shot clock. Tried to score. Take as much time as possible. Now, is he supposed My to instruct? In all honesty, what's the, what's the accusation? Seriously. Should he, he have told them, miss the shots? Should he have told them, roll the ball to the other team at the end of the shot clock? No. What should he have done? What no. uh, uh, Should they, he have said they all move out of the way so the other team can get a wide-open layup yeah, on every or possession? Ju- or don't shoot. Right? Yeah, just do you, dribble till the shot just clock Just dribble and roll it to him at the end. And then on the other side of the floor, do you not play defense? Right. Do you tell him, hey, uncontested shots from here on yeah, out? Yeah, all layups. It's crazy. What? No, what you does, don't do that? Doesn't, isn't that a complete disservice to your yes. ch- the kids on your team yes. who don't normally get to play? Play as many minutes, and now all of a sudden have a chance to play and show what they do in front of their parents. You're gonna make them just stand there and roll the ball to the other team for 24 minutes. That's why I hate it when, when in college they do this too. Uh, they'll send in a backup quarterback, and he'll maybe get to play the third and fourth quarter if it's a real big blowout. But all he does is hand off. Well, what good yeah. does that do him? It does nothing. Let him throw the football. So, put in the second team and continue to run the offense. So when something, Let's see what he can do later on when he becomes a starter. So it, it, to use a pretty current example, if, if maybe, I don't know, your starter gets hurt, and your second string guy gets hurt, maybe your third string guy could, I don't know, go, to, go on to win the national championship. Maybe him having some uh, experience would help in a situation like Mm -hmm. this. And Mm -hmm. this is the thing I've never understood from coaches, but they make it seem as if his his motivation here was to belittle – the opposition. Well, first of all, in a sporting event, that to it, some that degree is your, is motive, your yeah. motivation. Your motivation is to win by a large margin. Uh, but secondly, what are you going to do in this situation? You don't want this to happen. Turn the shot clock off. Maybe that's the solution. And we, or, or just end the game, have a mercy rule. Uh, they don't have that. So what's he supposed to do? Stand there? Is he supposed to have his kids just walk out there and just stand in the middle of the court and absolutely, see what happens? Absolutely it's absurd. Crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Uh, one of the San Bernardino Unified School District officials said, we're really emphasizing that what we want them to pursue, we want them to pursue victory with honor. And that means playing the game with dignity regardless of the outcome of the game. Well, Ugh. Hmm. well then right, is it, regardless of the outcome would include the outcome yeah, that we're talking about, right? It would include the 159-point victory. Mm-hmm. You're respecting your opponent by saying, "Hey, we're not gonna, we're gonna, we're not gonna demean you by not trying to do our best." I mean, we've got our second and third string, string people in here. 
Uh, we're not going to disrespect you by just turning the ball over yeah. to you every what, time. What's a bigger insult? To me, a much bigger insult. Let's just picture this. Uh, girls basketball team inbounds the ball. They dribble up to half court. They stand there for 30 seconds. As the clock, shot clock gets down towards the end, they roll the ball to their opposition, walk back, then part the oh Red Sea so they can come down and get a layup. That would be so demeaning. So much more demeaning Jeez. than just playing the game and having a score. Which, you know what? You, at the end of the day, you know what? You're in high school. You're probably just making a joke out of this yeah do you believe that we lost by 159 points i we used to have a mercy rule i don't know if they still do in montana and in, in, in montana high school sports the mercy rule was 50 points so if you're losing a football game by 50 points you're done game ends right and that happened to us one time we because we had no seniors we uh our high school had freshmen sophomores juniors and we played against our cross time cross town rival who was pretty good at that time and they beat us 50 to nothing at the half so at halftime, the game ended. Believe me, that was more humiliating than losing 120 to nothing, as it would have right. been probably had we kept going. Yeah. We lost at the half. They had to stop playing. That was really demeaning. But, you know, everybody learned from that, and the program got really good. They won 11 state titles since then. You, they said they brought in this coach because they, they were a losing team, and he turned them around. Yeah. What kind of lesson is it now to these kids to say, okay, you, you, I, I, we're glad you won, won, but you won by too much now. We want you to back yeah. it off a little bit. We don't want you to be this good. We wanted you to be pretty good, but not this good. None of the, uh, not all the parents were actually thrilled with the decision. Thank uh, goodness. Here's a couple of them and one of their officials from the school district. I feel it's very wrong. I feel like, what are you guys teaching the kids? To lose and not be rewarded? You, he, are you teaching them to be a loser? I think he was just trying to give the other team a chance, at least, so they can go ahead and try to make some scores. We are really emphasizing that we want them to pursue victory with honor. <laughs> and that means <laughs> there it is. playing the game with dignity. Oh, mm. she looks just exactly like I thought she would. Uh, yes, she does. <laughs> and I don't know, the, uh, the coach of the other school, uh, Bloomington, uh, Dale Chung, mm -hmm. in this article, it says uh, he doesn't feel bad about the score because he knows what Anderson, the coach of the winning team, did was wrong. Yeah, yeah, listen to this. There's another oh one. Gosh. People shouldn't feel sorry what? for my team. They should feel sorry for his team, which isn't learning the game the right way. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, my gosh. Um, he says uh, he's a great X's and O's coach. Ethically, not so much. He knows what he did was wrong. Um, the coach himself, however, <laughs> loser, said the game just, he said, this is what his quote was. No wonder his team sucks so bad. Yeah. I mean, wait, with a coach that's shoveling that nonsense, of course you suck. Uh, uh, the coach of the team that won by 159 said, um, mm. the game just got away from me. I didn't play any starters in the second half. I didn't expect them to be that bad. I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. <laughs> That's great. Um, he says if he had to do it over again, he'd had only played reserves after the first quarter, or I wouldn't play the game at all. And that's the real answer. Yeah. I mean, look, at all. teams that are this mismatch shouldn't be on either each other's schedule. I mean, that's obvious. That just shouldn't be. If you're that much better than another team, you should be in another division or something else. Like, when you're making mm -hmm. a schedule, ideally you're not coming up with two. Because this does nothing for anybody. Yeah, do we know the you know, deal? Is that is that like a, a 5 or 6A school playing a 1A school? Yeah. We should know. look into the background of that. I, I, are they in the same league? Are they in the same division? If they are... Then you expect a certain quality of competition, right? That's, right? that's what should happen. That's what uh, should happen. And look, we played in a, in a, uh, in a, it wasn't like Texas where there was 
all you know there were different classes of high schools based on size but in general you just play the teams around you and they there were teams that we beat the crap out of uh you know in in high school and they you know we were fairly good we, we were you know i think they were one of the you know state champions i think even we won state championship one year and made it pretty far in the tournament another year when i was at uh, high school i didn't absolutely nothing for that cause by the way um however uh like you know, we would play a team. The team next to us was Westbrook, which wasn't that good at that time. Mm-hmm. And so we would usually beat up on Westbrook a little bit. The team on the other side was Madison, which is they call it Hand was the name of the high school. And they were a lot of times better than us. And they could beat us a lot of times. Like that, that's, you dealt with it. You, you played mm-hmm. hard. You did your best. You had good competition. Sometimes you would blow out the worst team in your conference, like every other sport. Yeah. Uh, you know, how many games did, uh, you know, uh, Tampa Bay got blown out a few times this year? They're in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. The Jets made mm-hmm. a, I mean, Rex Ryan's made a career of it. He got paid $30 million to go get blown out in another city. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, 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 I can't understand this. Unbelievable. Attitude. Well, you you look at a you look at a school like uh, is it Vanderbilt in the SEC? What, yeah, is it, it's Vanderbilt, yeah. right? They're in the, in the SEC. SEC yes. Yeah, Jordan Matthews. So yeah. when Vanderbilt plays um, uh, Alabama in football, you got the the absolute class of the nation against kind of a lower tier team. They shouldn't be in the SEC, but they are. Does does Alabama uh, try less hard when they play Vanderbilt every year? No, they no. crush them. Every single year. Every single year. Well, eventually, Vanderbilt has gotten tired of that over time. They've recruited better. They've gotten in better players. They've gotten different coaches. And, and they've been able to compete somewhat mm-hmm. um, lately, a little bit better than they used to. Mm-hmm. Kentucky's the same way in football. Kentucky's not a football school. They're a basketball power. And they used to be just the dregs of the SEC. And they used to get beaten 50 to, 52 to nothing all the time, too. And they've gotten better lately. When you get beat like that, you practice harder, find better players, you develop a better attitude, get a better coach. This attitude is steps. everywhere, Pat. We're going to hear it, it tomorrow night in the State of the Union. We are. This is the income inequality argument, exactly except right. in sports. Yep. Well, you shouldn't be winning by that much. You shouldn't have so much more than those other people. Right. It's this weird argument that you can't. You can't try your best to achieve the most that you can. You don't need all 161 points. We should take some of those and give them to the other team. Uh, That is, I I guarantee, somebody's proposed. Eventually, that that will happen. Yeah. I mean, look, what, what? How can Mm. you not? uh, How can you take this seriously? If you don't want your kid to feel bad playing basketball, then don't have them play basketball. Get out of the sport. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the same thing. (laughs) Like, I, I don't. If you're if you feel bad because you somebody give up too many home runs and, and you lose a baseball game eighty to one, well, I try harder next time. <laughs> yes. Period. Yes. That's all you need. <laughs> yes. if you, and you know what? If it happens again the next time, so what? So we all yeah. went through. You, everybody's been, uh, you know, at, at a pickup game or a, a little league game where you got beat up a little bit and lost by a large margin. So what? Mm-hmm. Uh, every everyone on earth has dealt with that at some point or another. My son, my younger, my youngest son, played on a, uh, a baseball team one year that was eighteen and zero, and they won the championship. And a couple of years later, he played on a team that was one in fifteen. Uh, you, you know, you, it just happens, and you learn how to deal with it. And uh, they wanted to give—I've uh, told that before—they wanted to give uh, participation trophies out on the one in fifteen team. I'm like, uh, no, no. Just participating doesn't get him a trophy. 
excelling gets you a trophy, right? And don't we have to instill that in our kids? That because we've taught them over and over and over and over, it's not right for you to lose by 159 points. They should do something about it. Right. I shouldn't have to do something about it. They should. They were wrong. It's craziness. And I'm sure this attitude has existed forever i'm sure back in the day so there much parents like prevalent that. Now. right like and what's happening now is the systems are being built uh to uh, fight against it like mm-hmm. for example like i'm sure back in the day people said uh oh you know what you shouldn't be able to you know all these things that we talk about you shouldn't get participation trophies well what would happen if one parent on the neighborhood was giving their child a participation trophy for everything that they did that child would be would achieve less than the other kids because he would be punished because he wouldn't work hard. He wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't try hard. He would always think everything needed to be given to him, and he would suffer throughout his life. The, the bad parenting would actually hurt the child. And in a way, that would there's a market there essentially created that made it so that people would not want to teach their children that way. So it was a very few people who did it. But now systems are being developed that when you do achieve these great things, they take them away from you. So the people don't need to achieve, the people who, uh, whose kids would be punished, essentially, by the bad parenting don't get punished anymore mm-hmm. because they get rewarded with the, the, the money from my kid or your kid. Yeah. Or your kid. Yeah. And it's like, you know, Jeffy, you know, we know. Yeah. Jeffy's Jeffy. parenting is no. highly questionable. Top notch. I would say uh, that's not, not the term not I would use. Not exactly what we were going for there. Really? Right. Uh, now, you're, you, luckily, the kids that I know <laughs> that you have are wonderful. However, there's a lot of kids you have not admitted to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're all in and prison. Those, those they're children. all in prison. So Prisons, uh, we don't know where they are, some of them. Yeah. How many times have I told you there's a difference between prison and jail? That's, no, that's true. All in that prison. is true. Okay, no. not always. That's, we apologize. Okay, prisons and jails. I'm Yet sorry. again, you win the argument. Triple eight seven two seven nine. More tattoos coming up. <laughs> How many participation trophies do you have, Jeffy? Just for participating in drugs. You know, <laughs> Do you get a participation trophy for yeah, using yeah, heroin yeah. the first Thank time? You bite. You know. Back. It's Pat and Stu. Welcome. Uh, it's a bad time for climate change deniers, I guess, in the planet, according to Time magazine. Bad time. Uh, the new studies offer new proof of how bad the Earth's flavor has gotten. It's not often that the climate change deniers get clobbered three times in two days, but that just, just what happened with the release of a trio of new studies that uh, serve, I guess, as a solid body blow to the fading but I'm reading from the article now, but persistent fiction that human-mediated warming is somehow a hoax. Good news for the forces of reason, however, is bad news for the planet, especially the oceans. The most straightforward of the three studies was a report from NASA and the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, NOAA, confirming what a lot of people who sweltered through 2014 already suspected. No one sweltered through 2014. At least not in this country. I mean, uh, no one.
Even, even, even the study itself shows that the, te the temperatures were below average in the United States. That is just, it's madness. It, I don't remember any sweltering stories from Europe. Do you, did I miss something? There was, there were years back in the 90s. When people were dying in France, 14, what was the year where 30, like, that was 37,000. 30,000 and 14,000 in France alone died from a heat wave. They died from a heat wave. That's a little misleading because they don't have air conditioning for the most part in Europe because it never gets hot enough to, to warrant that. So mostly they just exist on opening their windows and, and maybe having a fan on in the house. But when it gets to 90, it's uncomfortable for them. And if you're a shut-in, you're an old person, and nobody's checking on you because everybody else in the country is on vacation, which <laughs> happens in France, you're going to die. And that, that happens. So anyway, they, they, I, they, there was none of that last year. It's now, show me the evidence of that. If you look at the map, and I don't think we have it uh, handy, but there's a map of where the warming existed. It was almost exclusively in the Arctic. I mean, it was warm in some areas, slightly above God, average, kidding. below average in the United States. So not even populated areas. But it was, yeah, it was the, the yeah, Arctic yeah, was warmer it, than normal. Exactly, and that's why yeah. sweltering has nothing to do with like you don't <sighs> even if everything about global warming is completely right. What they're saying is about 0.9 degrees Celsius. You would you don't swelter when it's 0.9 degrees warmer than your current temperature. No. If, you, if it's 76 and instead it's 76.9, well I'm using fair. I'm, I'm meshing Fahrenheit and Celsius there a little bit. But the, bo the bottom line is, if it's 76 and instead it's 77 and a half. If it's 76 uh, Celsius, you're in Yeah, trouble. that's pretty hot, That's, that's some global yeah. warming there. But I'm going to admit to it then. 76 Fahrenheit <laughs> uh, versus 77.4 Fahrenheit, you're not really noticing. No. Right? No, no. Uh, and so they try, to, they try to mix these things. This is obviously a pathetic article, um, uh, trying to make this mm. argument um, really poorly. I mean, it's not even a good attempt at, at, at this particular thing. And also, it's not true. It was 2014 does not look like it was the warmest year on record. It looks like it was the third warmest year on record. And you say, well, okay, well, you're, you're splitting hairs there, right? You know, it's really close. But that doesn't have anything to do with the substance of the argument. The fact that it is warm does not... It, it's so incomprehensible. The point is why it's warm. That's the argument. The argument isn't that it's warmer than it was 100 years ago. Every temperature record shows some warming, about 0.9 degrees Celsius, uh, over that time. Now, of course, there weren't accurate temperature records 100 years ago, really, but we're going to go ahead and believe them anyway. This, the, this, the, uh, the satellite readings show the warmest year was 1998. Since then, and since really early 2000s, there's been no real increase in warming nothing outside the margin of error which is extraordinarily large in these things uh and like if you have something that's warm okay if you had some warming and then it gets flat right so mm -hmm. picture this okay this is gonna be tough up and then flat if it's flat you're gonna have a lot of years that are near the warming they're near the warmest part because it, it went up and then it's flat and you're going to be able to say every year it's near the warmest it's been or it is the warmest that it's been. But the fact that it's flattened out is against the entire theory you're propagating. If it was going up, 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 it would make a little bit of sense. But instead, the opposite is occurring. It's flattening out. It's not increasing at the margin that you, uh, at the rate that you said it would. And now we have 18 years where we've been sitting here waiting for this incredible warning, warming that hasn't seemed to show up. So at some point, your theory 
you know, has, you know, has to be downgraded. And for whatever reason, this, they make, this makes them more sure about it. The fact that it was the warmest year on record in one data set, not the normal one that everybody looks at, but one data set did show that, and it was so close to the other years, it's actually slower than the rate that they projected it would have rise, risen anyway. So what, what is the argument here? The argument is faulty. I mean, it's a sad, pathetic argument. Even if all of this is true, it does not indicate that there's some catastrophic thing at the end of the rainbow. And they keep trying to push it. And I I guess the media continues to fall for this. Uh, They themselves said that they are only 38% sure this was actually true. 38% sure that it was actually true. Uh, That means you're not sure. Now, your climate denying makes you sound a lot like a flat earther. Oh, yeah. You're very similar to the people who believed that the earth was flat. Right, okay. Now, that demeans you a little bit, but it's okay because you're too stupid to know you're being demeaned. I forgot about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that was a lovely little rant. It just happened to make you look incredibly stupid. Okay. So it happens. I mean, uh, every day. Yeah. Yeah. It happens every day. Yeah. But yeah, 38% certain that it was the warmest year on record. And, and they, and they just throw it out. You know, last week they just threw this out. Oh, by the way, uh, 2014 was another world record. It was the warmest record on, uh, warmest year on record year before that. They said 2013 was the warmest year on record year before that. 2012 was the warmest year on record. It's been it's been a lie every time they've said it because the Earth has not been warming like yeah. that. I, I think it's really fair to say that 1998 is the warmest on record. I Look, think it's still recent, yeah. I, and yes. it still shows there is a warming trend over a long period of time. And the 90s time. were warm. Uh, yeah. In the 90s, yeah. I, I think we all know. I the 90s were hotter than the 2000s have been. Yeah, I, you know, sure felt like that to me. I mean, I, last year it, it, was, well, it's, it's tough because it's localized. Like a lot of the things United are talking States. about. A lot of things they're talking about are things in the Arctic Circle where you never are, right? So you can't compare it, and, and that's why they can yeah. do these things. But like they're using th- this this sample, this data set they're using are surface stations, which are not nearly as reliable mm-hmm. as satellite measures. Why wouldn't you use the satellite measures? Because the satellite measures deal. don't show it. Yeah. They don't say it's the warmest year, so you don't use them. Yeah. Now, how can you possibly? How can NASA be using things on Earth to measure temperature over satellites? It's well, NASA because they can stick these things out in the blaring sun and say, "Hey, look at that! It's really hot now." Yeah, or next to blacktop. <laughs> we've next, seen that. Yes, There's a huge. Collection. And they do manipulate them like oh, that. Well, and sometimes they just do. Sometimes some of the measuring devices uh, in the ground and on Earth don't work, so they just. Yes, they that's say, true. Oh, too. This one, this one was, uh, this one was seventy, and this one was seventy-four. So this one had to be seventy-two, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's stunning. It's, it's stunning. Look, the satellite is obviously the thing you should look at. The satellite shows that 1998 was the warmest year on record. Satellite shows that 2010 was the second warming, uh, warmest uh, year on record. I have the actual uh, list here. Uh, the next warmest was, I believe, this year, 2014. Previous to that. It was 2005, 2013, 2002, 2009, 2007, 2003, 2006, 2012, 2011, 2004, 2001, 1991. The reason why I list all those numbers that are pretty recent is because of the thing I was talking about. We've hit a plateau on temperature. We've been flat for 16 years. So all 16 years are near the top because it's been flat. That's what happens. But that's not what they predicted. They predicted it to rise 
yeah. not be flat. So, so the fact that they're saying it's the warmest year on record, every year should set a new one. It should just be chronological freaking mm-hmm. orders straight up. And maybe mm-hmm. there's one year out of place occasionally. But the bottom line is when you have a flat trend, a trend of no warming, but you started that trend at a warm time, then obviously all years will be near the warmest because you started it at a warm time. That's not news, and it certainly doesn't prove the cause of that warming, which you claim is out-of-control human activity. Plus, in the United States of America, it just hasn't been... We haven't been anywhere near the warmest. Last year in the United States, it was the 34th warmest on record. 34th from what I just read over the weekend. Well, that's no big deal, especially if you're claiming that uh, that man-caused global warming is warming the planet to the point where we've got to do catastrophic things in order to fix it. And and some people say it can't even be done even then. Uh, you don't have the problem that you're trying to you're t- tell us that you have. When it's when it, in Dallas, Texas, when it hits a hundred degrees three times during the summer, that is not an unusual summer. Well, it's unusually cool, actually. When it's 75 degrees all summer long in New York City, and rarely, I think, was it one time the temperature got over 90 in New York? It was like a couple of times the temperature hit 90 and above in New York City last yeah. year. I mean, it, all through the United States of America, it was a pretty mild summer. Yeah, and that's why it's a tough sell. I mean, that it only is. has to do with how tough of a sell it is. I mean, because they could say the average, I mean, the average temperature is a stupid measure anyway. It's because stupid. It, it doesn't I don't ma- care what the temperature right. is in the Arctic. Right. The average temperature situation, like, you know, look, if it has major impact on the globe and it changes your life, obviously we would it's care. Not. Uh, but so far, obviously it hasn't. Life has continued to improve. And in fact, uh, actually, I would say one of the grandest experiments of all time was global warming. It's worked out wonderfully for us. Uh, the fact that we've used fossil fuels over a long period of time has been the correct decision. And if I'll give you the opportunity. You want to start over again? Would you do it? Let's go back to 1880. Start there. Would you do it again? Would you? Would you just live? Would you like the 19, 1880s life again? We can go back to that. Would you start <laughs> again? And, and, and with the risk of the 0.9 mm-hmm. degrees in temperature rise, I'm saying that's 100% man-made. Would you do it? And the answer is yes. The answer, of course, is yes. You have the to. world is a much better place. People are living longer. Uh, na- deaths to. by natural disaster are down dramatically mm-hmm. in the neighborhood of 95% from before uh, we started using fossil fuels and developed the civilization we're talking about. These are incredibly positive things. We talked to uh, the guy, um, Alex Epstein, who wrote a book called The Moral Case for Fossil Fuels. Mm-hmm. And he goes through all of these arguments. And, and you sit here and think to yourself, how on earth does this book need to be written? I mean, it's a great book, and Alex did a great job writing it. But why the hell did he need to write it? Everyone in the world knows that life has been made much better due to fossil fuels. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows it, yet we all sit here and, and, and deny it. That's the real denying, is acting as if this has not worked to incredible benefit of the human population. And as he kind of put it, is there's two ways to look at it. Do you look at the world or look at a particular outcome as one that is, is your goal to benefit human civilization, human pe- actual people, or is it to have the least impact on the earth? Well, if your goal is to help people, there's no case to be made against fossil fuels. The only way there's a case to be made against fossil fuels, if you believe people like Al Gore, is that it has some impact on the earth. But it, when it comes to the cost-benefit analysis as to what is actually going to be good for human beings, 
There's no argument. There is no argument here. It's the biggest hoax in human history. It's my personal <laughs> belief. Biggest hoax in human history. Thank you for that. Triple eight seven two seven back more patents do come on. Biggest hoax in human history. Man caused global warming. Man's biggest hoax. Hasn't done much yet though, ever, to be honest. I mean, what have they achieved with it? Regulations. A lot of regulations. Triple eight seven two seven Beck Pat and Stu. Uh, we got this story, a really creepy story. This is like Jeffy quality. Um, Back, ew. Jeffy, how many of your how many of your uh, children that don't know you're their dad find out and then meet you and then suffer from GSA? Probably not that many. Well, <laughs> Knowing if I you, tell it's you probably then not. They'll know. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, it's been established that re reuniting with long lost relatives can and does result. It's well established. Oh, well. I mean, I, we all know that, right? <laughs> this is something that's talked about all the time. The, well, the we, genetic sexual attraction, the GSA. You know, it's well established. Well Pi established. is 3.14. Uh, you know, gravity falls at a consistent rate. Yeah, right. Uh, or, you Means know, of equal mass. Yeah, fall. they fall at the same. Excuse me. Yeah, the consistent mm -hmm, rate. Mm -hmm. I mean, those things are well mm -hmm. established. Uh, and GSA is the third and one. And GSA, that, third one. In that one, in that it's little group. It's so well established you know, that everybody knows about you're GSA. You're going to be attracted Genetic to your sexual attraction. Of course, if you haven't seen them in a while, you're going to go, wow, that's, that's hot. That, she is on fire, that mother, her, that father, you know, depending on who it is you're meeting. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> still, it's kind of considered taboo for some reason. What? Yeah. In wow. this day and in age. This day in this outdated day and age. Thinking. It's one Out, of the few things that are taboo. Thinking. Seriously, is that weird? It's one of the few things that are still kind of taboo. Yeah. You don't hook up with your parents. You don't hook up with your brother or sister. Oh, that's not really covered in here. It really seems to be more just about the parents. Yeah. I think they've already passed the it's okay to hook up with your brother and sister. <laughs> yeah. We were there. Have. <laughs> as, seriously, as long as they're consenting adults, yeah. not a problem. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, it's probably there. where we are. Right? Are we are we there? I, there are laws against some of these things. In some states. Jeffy, would you mind on your computer Googling what the incest laws are in the United States? I don't want to have would, it in my history I would like for saying. on record as saying, who gives a crap about laws? Uh, That's an interesting perspective, but would you yeah. Google it anyway? <laughs> I really would like to know. I thought what do you want to know? incest was illegal in all states. Incest. Apparently not true. Yeah, according to this, it wasn't, right? Yeah. She said Jersey. New yeah, Jersey, it's apparently okay. 18-year-old girl meets up with her long-lost dad. She hasn't seen him since she was five. I thought five. she was 16. Okay, no. she, she was 16 when they met. Right. So she, she's been without him from five to 16. Two days after they meet, he takes away her virginity from her. <clears throat> she was a virgin until two days after she met her mm. dad, and then yeah, he geez. did something about that. Um... Uh, it's a nice way to put that. So they... Uh, he did do something about He did something. Yeah, so I will agree with that. They've been analysis. dating ever since. For the, <laughs> the last two years, daddy and daughter have been dating, but not in the daddy-daughter date that we all think is kind of a fun thing. Oh, yeah, the this little cutesy is, way of saying, I want to take creepy. my daughter on a date. Yeah, it's a creepy way. <laughs> and uh, so... Listen to, listen how anti-GSA this guy is. <laughs> listen, he is... One of the most now, hateful anti-GSA yeah, activists. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, yeah, 
Um, oh Anti-GSA. He's admitting it on television. Anti-GSA, so all you GSA supporters can come and attack me. All you want. Tweet, this really is Facebook, not, whatever. It's really not funny, is it? No, it's I mean, icky. It's, it's, it's ser seriously icky. It, it's one of those things that just you feel so defeated uh, by you the do. way we're going that yeah. I don't even it's know It's like, how okay, where else can hmm. we go here? From here to where? Uh, if you if it's acceptable now for a 38-year-old dad or 36, I guess he was 18 when he had her, and then he stayed around until she was five and then left. Now he's back in her life, and now they're dating. If you can't say that's wrong and they're about to be married, then there's nothing. There's no more taboo anymore in society at all. Yeah, really right? the only thing you're left with is, uh, is are things that are not consensual. Like uh, maybe uh, you know the yeah, child, rape. the Nambla situation. Okay, you're at that. You're at rape. You're at mm -hmm. uh, other thing. I don't. Every time you compare one of these things with another thing, you get in trouble. So I don't yeah, want to go do. too. But that, you get the point. I think I, I think I'm still okay in criticizing a father and daughter dating. Is that still I okay? I think so. I think so. This okay, and I, I think you can still criticize bestiality. Can you not? Okay. okay. Because I the don't beast, know, the beast doesn't seem to be able to consent. How do you get the consent right? from? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm glad your microphone's off. That is not altogether true. Yes, it is. No, it's you not. can't get We've consent found, from the no, beast. No, they've interviewed some of the people that have been uh, detained uh -huh. for uh, for that being in love with particular <laughs> animals. Right. Yes. Right. And they claim that they got the go ahead. <laughs> They got the go ahead. That's what they said. Is that enough they said for they you? Were in the hotel. I'm good with that. Okay. How I'm did they get the go ahead? They just You can tell. They asked the horse, and the horse said, If you have a yes. pet, you know your pet. If you have an animal, you know your animal. You know no. when the animal is giving you Oh, my. Oh, my. That is true. I will say, like, I know when my dog is hungry. I know. Right. When my dog, you know, my. Okay. And look at the way it's there, dressed. There right. Yes. Naked. Naked. <laughs> it's a great point. Um. I, I don't know how to... Uh... Now, if that's your wife, you're saying, okay, that's probably consent. So if it's a Amen. horse or a sheep, you're saying, okay, I got the go-ahead. No. <laughs> no. No, honey. No. Uh, Jeffy, walk <laughs> us through the United States incest laws. Wow. That is crazy stuff. It's really strange. They're all, it's all different uh, varying jurisdictions. The last thing I said was several age of consent laws do not have a bearing on incestuous sex, which is unlawful, irrespective of age. So the only thing I can find is that... Wait, so it's incest is illegal everywhere, no matter how old you are? Seems that I, way. I mean, but they said Jersey. Is there a federal law? I don't think so. How about, let's search yeah. for New Jersey. I want to know how they're justifying Well, they're, they're moving Jersey. to New Jersey because apparently incest is legal there. And they want to be married, long. and so well, they're... Well, there, there is a, a bit of an addendum to this particular comment. Okay. Uh, they plan to marry, if unofficially, and move to New Jersey, where she says adult incest is legal. Right. Where she says. Where she says... Adult incest so is legal. May, so it may or may not be. Yeah, maybe they come right. up with like a, you don't have to pay taxes argument. Did you know? Because they never put a period at the end of the... Uh, of the I talked the to that guy. He did? I talked to that guy before he went to prison. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, okay, you do that, man, because I'm not going to. I'm not going to be the first. Well, if everybody feels that way, we'll never get this thing overturned. As he sits in prison, mm -hmm. 
All right, triple eight seven two seven. There's more patent stew coming up. I so wanted to try that at one point. It just seems when you read their literature, yes, it, it seems like it's so true. It I'm sure like does. Sixteen it's years true. old. I'm like, I'm never going to pay taxes. They're, con and, and they're then, convincing. Yes, they are. They are convincing. They are not accurate, unfortunately. No. It's not uh, well, I will say I would take that right now. If I didn't take no pay, not paying taxes, but I don't get any of the benefits, I'm in. Totally. Definitely. It's Pat and Stu. And uh, we have the 10 biggest flaws, 10 biggest, top 10 biggest flaws, design flaws in the USS Enterprise. <laughs> Let's end the show with something. That's kind of fun. That's always kind of fun. You don't know them off the top of your head, Pat? You're such a Trekkie. <laughs> I don't know them off the top Pat of my head. Pat is a big Trekkie. People don't realize that. I'm not a Trekkie. I do, do not Pat, identify with that term. Pat uh, mm -hmm. attends no, gatherings. I do, I, no, I don't. Uh, at various I, I convention halls. I am a fan of Star Trek. I am not a Trekkie because it is the Trekkies who attend the conventions and all that kind of I stuff. I will say that no, that's what they all say. <laughs> I have never been Pat, Jeff, Jeff, to a Jeff, Star oh Trek gosh. convention. Right, of course not. not I record. do not own the 4,000-page Enterprise Technical Manual. No. Oh, he, I do but not he does speak know Klingon. How many pages <laughs> yes, are does. in the Technical man <laughs> Manual? He does, uh, I will say this, you've never mm. attended under the name Pat Gray. Or any other say. name. Nor have I attended we'll leave, under. We'll leave that open to. Uh, any you other know day. what? We report, you decide. Uh -huh. That's okay. not going to go with there? You leave it there. <laughs> uh, number 10. Okay? There's a separate phaser firing room. What? In the episode Balance of Terror, we discover. <laughs> Who put this together? This had to be LJ. <laughs> <laughs> Ask to be LJ. Come on now. <laughs> Uh, in the episode Balance of Terror, we discovered that there's a separate phaser firing room where the crew <laughs> sit around waiting for the order to fire. Obviously, having a separate control room for phasers presents some severe problems. What if communication breaks down with the bridge? <laughs> the hell happens then? I love this. They're one. screwed then. How about this one? There's no seatbelts on oh, the Enterprise. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> It's fun to watch a dozen or so people get tossed around a bridge during a battle sequence, but seriously, you'd think that after enough concussions happen, they'd put some seatbelts in the stinking thing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, this is the from the website, uh, website io9, which I imagine uh -huh. everyone there talks exactly like yeah, that. You know they do. Which is awesome. You know they do. Uh, number eight. Uh, what about the bridge consoles that constantly blow up? Yeah, how about that? Apparently, somebody, time between now and the 23rd century, engineers forgot how to include fuses in their <laughs> electronics so that any time an explosion happens, some poor crew member's console blows up in a magnificent shower of sparks. Yeah. <laughs> the so crew members burn severely. Yeah. I'd because of that. I'd say. What's number seven, Stu? How about the bridge that's easily cut off from the rest of the <laughs> ship, idiots? <laughs> 
<laughs> the they bridge morons. is easily cut off from the rest of the ship. There's only one way to and from the bridge of the USS Enterprise, a single turbo lift. <laughs> we saw them trapped on the bridge in Space Seed when Cod cuts off their life support, notes Mark Cushman, who's brilliant, by the way, and the author of These Are the Voyages, a series of book covering the making of TOS... <sighs> embarrassing man. which i i'm sure i everyone knows what that is yes. tos obviously uh, well I, obviously right and for the next generation gene and his designers established a second turbo lift tube <laughs> what if the second elevator stopped working idiots that's a great point what if they did mm -hmm. uh, number six only one transporter room oh but no. clearly you need more than that right you need i mean how many garages do you have <laughs> I, I have more than one more than one garage? Nice. Well, yeah. Oh, well, sweet. more than one car, car fits in the garage. Yes. All right. Yeah, okay. Especially early on in the season when they don't seem to have shuttlecraft yet. This is a serious problem. <laughs> <laughs> main engineering. Problem number five. Main engineering is really easy to access. We learn in the episode Elon of Troilus. We learn that you can get access to the ship's dilithium crystals... The Enterprise's main power source, anybody knows that, who's listened to Scotty, the engineer. I can't do it, Captain. The dilithium crystals are fried. Give it I've got to have at least five years. Uh, but they, they, they can be accessed by walking into the main engineering and just pressing a single button. Scotty had the same thing that happens on every reality show about redoing a house, which is like, Every episode, he says he doesn't have the power and then finds it. And same thing with the thing. Like, yes. oh, my God, the person's going to be home in eight seconds, and we have to build an entire living room. We'll never be able to do it. We did it. Yes. <laughs> like, wait, yes. I thought you said you were never going to be able to. Every, every time. time. Every time in every one of those shows. And every it's time so on disingenuous. Wars, That's yeah. why it's so disingenuous. Yeah. They do the same thing in uh, um, uh, Food Network's Restaurant Impossible. Oh, we don't have any time. i got to open this restaurant by 4 this afternoon. There's no way I can do it. i got at least six days' worth of work here. Well, we just got it done. Yeah, died. yeah. same thing in uh, <laughs> Kitchen Nightmares. And I will say, even though I love them to death, it's the same thing I love, in, uh, I do in like uh, it, Bar Rescue as well. Yep. Where it's like they just, there's always, it's always this like deadline that feels like they're never going to make it, and all of a sudden they always make it. It's stupid. Um, how about this? Or the self-destruct? Yeah. You know, it talks too loud. <laughs> all right, say you're having to abandon ship and you want to blow it up so nobody else can get a hold of it. You might not want to give boarding parties any warning that the ship was about to go that's boom. That's a really good point. Right? Good Don't point. mock that point, Stu. That's a really good one. But the Enterprise self-destruct talks too loud, <laughs> and only in later versions is there a mute button. Unbelievable. This is so good. How about this one? The, the number three reason it's super easy to make the Enterprise blow up? It's a big one, too. In, in, in That Which Survives, that episode... We discover you can make this, the Enterprise explode by screwing around with a bypass valve in the matter-antimatter integrator room. <laughs> That's actually what it says. That's sad. So good. All right, uh, number two. Yeah, the bridge is a bit of an easy target. Perched audaciously on top of a saucer, the Enterprise mm -hmm. bridge seems like it's just daring any passing enemy to slice right through it. Look, it's a great view at all, but surely a view screen would provide that in a more secure location. Boy. <laughs> no. So good. No, it can't be done. And the number one thing, it's so easy to take over. And here's the absolute biggest design flaw. The Enterprise has so many ways to control. 
In Day of the Dove, we learn that all of the ship's main functions can be hijacked from an easy-to-access console, and those are all over the ship. <laughs> There's the auxiliary bridge, barely guarded, gives you exactly the same amount of control as the main bridge. So stupid. <laughs> These idiots. How... No wonder the society is dying. This is the result oh, of all man. these years of policy. Uh, you wind up with idiots who design the enterprise like that. Thank you. Thank I mean, that's you. a pathetic display. Put your bridge somewhere that's more hidden and stuff. You would think in 400 years we would have learned that. Am well, I right? Who is designing Who's the USS me? Enterprise? Jeffy? <laughs> Honestly, it's a disgrace. Just like Jeffy. We've got him on Jeffy's too fat to get on the ship, Captain. We don't have enough time to load these commercials. We're never going to make it. Oh, my gosh. We're screwed. The news. We're never going to make it. Oh, we just got it done. Oh, we got I it just done. got her done. So, well.